Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you once again. For the first time in a while, the Mavericks have won a basketball game. They defeated the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday night, 122-116. to Josh, your prediction that the Mavericks would not <laughs> lose 50 straight games proved true. How do you feel? I feel great. feels great to be right once again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was I, it was very funny because, of course, as soon as I tweeted that, you know, the Mavericks kind of barfed all over themselves to end the game. And as soon as that started, I literally um, – I didn't shut off my phone, but I, I just, you know, closed it. And I put it uh, next to my chair so that I couldn't face screen down because I knew that mm-hmm. the notifications were going to be blowing up as I watched the Hawks score every bucket. And I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> what did I do? Uh, but, hey, they won. So all's well that ends well, right? Yep. Yep. I, uh, you know, it's this game could really be divided into kind of like three distinct sections of the game where they they started the the first quarter really, really like – energetic I, I'm like trying last to, season Mavericks well yeah yeah and they look good on defense like mm-hmm. Jay Rich was really uh, you know he must be an obnoxious guy to play basketball against because his hands are just all over the place uh they threw Trey Young off early and he did not really get with it until uh the game was nearly over frankly and so that portion was was really fun. But then what we what we saw on the other side of the ball was the Mavericks' just inability to hit a shot. At one point, they were something like three for twenty. Like it was really really rough. Um, and then the you know the the third quarter Mavs looked pretty good. Uh, and then that transitioned over into the fourth quarter where Luca and KP both started on the bench, which was very interesting. And the Mavericks actually built a lead, which was something. And then they they looked prepared to run away with it. And, you know, KP came out of the game after, you know, probably playing the best six-minute stretch he's had in, you know, since that Pacer game maybe. Yeah, and for sure. then he came out of the game and, and the, tra- the Hawks started trapping and the Mavericks did the four-on-three thing where, you know, Tim Hardaway shot a corner three clear over the rim. <laughs> uh he missed another three that was wide open and the Mavericks just weren't scoring easy buckets and the Hawks were running down and shooting layups because the Mavericks are just not really great in that sort of transition and then the Mavericks managed to hold on is is really so that was kind of the three main parts of of the game that I would this is like a really big like glass case of emotion game for me because <laughs> I like I was and I you were all over like, the place. Well, I, and and I'm still I'm still grossed out watching Porzingis play. Like watching him get the technical and get fired up. That was the hardest he's played in two weeks. And he did. He played hard. He was running. He was trying to rebound instead of just watching. And I I still can't wonder if there's just some sort of you know guy who's been injured that much. The Mavs media staff playing him. All right, you know you got to kind of take possessions off now and then. You can't go 100. percent we're never going to know this sort of stuff, and it drives me nuts. But when he plays hard, he's effective. It's really weird how that works. But he doesn't always play hard. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like I said, it kind of goes into him looking like he was in quicksand, like moving really slow during uh, most of this losing streak, especially uh, after he sat out that Houston game. He just looked like something – He'd like energy was zapped, like just something happened compared to what he looked like in the Indiana and San Antonio wins. But, yeah. Yep. Uh, he closed the game very strong. Um, 
had a really nice dunk uh, off a of Luca drive. And I think you've said that, I mean, you're not the only one who said this, but I mean, he is a great cutter mm-hmm. um, and he got that dunk uh, off a great cut. Uh, he seems to, maybe that just needed to come with time. Cause I think he had another basket earlier in the game or another basket or two off cuts. So maybe, I mean, how many seven foot three guys cut from the baseline? Like that just doesn't happen like that. And it's not like, you know, short corner baseline. It's like diving from the three, from the, the full corner. And he's like the tip in that he got on a Luca miss was arguably like kind of a game ceiling play. Um, and, and it just, he doesn't do that sort of stuff all the time. And I, you know, part of it has to be the landing still watching him land is really frightening because he's just, yeah. you know, we're, it, we're just kind of trained for that. And he, he also, again, he lands on one leg a lot, but he's, he's just more engaged when he is moving around. And there was something on Greg Anthony talked about this. I think we talked about it the other night. And then somebody else was on one of the podcasts this week where the Mavericks have been doing a lot of like single pass. And then like one move, like there's not a lot of, 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 of weak side action happening when Luca's doing his Luca dance and, and they need more of that. They need things to where defenses aren't, um, aren't keying in on Luca so much. And some of that comes from off ball movement. And then the other part, which the Mavericks sort of figured out tonight, at least for one game was hitting shots. Yeah. And it's pretty funny you say that because they still finished 13 of 40, 32 and a half percent, which you would be like, same old story, but uh, I mean, it was obvious between, you know, the third, fourth quarter. I mean, I really want to transition, speaking of like making shots. Uh, I mean, I know we didn't finish the game well, but I think Tim Hardaway Jr., I mean, as much as one player can swing a game, uh, he, swung, <laughs> he swung this game. And I am I almost want to say he like saved this game for the team because the last two games and for most of the season, how much have we talked about how terrible the Mavericks look in that period of time when Lucas sits uh, either toward the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth, and the Mavericks seem to kind of uh, just stumble over themselves uh, in that stretch. Uh, and then that, by the time Luca gets back into the game, you know, with seven, six minutes left in the fourth quarter, the game is like, you know, what was a, a, a decent lead is now, you know, it's now a crunch time game and it's, and it's a high pressure situation. And same thing happened. Luca went out, I think, with – I can't remember if it was a couple minutes left in third, but he definitely was on the bench to start the fourth. And in that time period, I think Hardaway made like two or three three-pointers. And the Mavericks, for for as bad as this team's supporting cast has been for most of the season, holy cow, Kirk, the Mavericks had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter uh, with Luca on the bench. And to me, like if – the trend followed from the last two Phoenix games. I mean, they probably lose uh, because yep. they've been getting demolished in those minutes. And the fact that they not only like, I think what we were asking for is just like, Hey, hang in there. Don't get, you know, don't, don't get run over. We know you're not probably not going to, you know, it's not going to be a positive, but at least just hang in there uh, until Luca gets back. And not only did they hung in there, they, I mean, they kind of blew the game open a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, things kind of stumbled a bit anyway down the stretch because I think the Mavericks just don't want to make this easy on us. But, uh, I mean, that was – to me, that was the game. Like, I don't I don't think they win tonight if they don't get that burst from Hardaway uh, at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth. Sure, sure. And, and you know, the rotational minutes were a little different for Luka tonight. He didn't play the end of the first quarter. He didn't play the end of the third quarter. His minute total still was about, I'm looking here, 38 minutes, which I think is probably like higher than the Mavericks would want. But 
again, they're just trying to get a W. And, you know, Carlisle's really shortened up his rotation in the last several games. Another guy who, you know, I've shown a lot of disdain for, but frankly has, has you know, he's he's probably been the Mavericks' second most consistent player this season is Jalen Brunson off the bench. He had, in 24 minutes, he had 12 points, four rebounds, four assists. He he even blew a, like one really easy layup, and and you know he he could have had more. He was he was really solid off the 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 bench, and the Mavericks ended up uh, at least partially closing with him until things kind of got a little silly with uh, that that really bad Tim Hardaway turnover. I think uh, he was still in the game for that, but you know it's 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 so interesting because you know, we just don't know what to think about this team other than they're not playing up to their potential, but I don't really know what that means because I, I still don't know how to, how to feel about, about these guys just making shots. Like at one point in the, like Dorian Finney Smith, for example, finished three of seven from deep. And I've been staring at a statistic for the better part of the afternoon <laughs> that uh, the is talk showed us that he, he gets, he is getting 60% of his uh, shot attempts this year come at the three point line. And compared to 45% last season, which is, that's a big jump. And he is shooting 35% on those shots. And they're what, and they're, they're also, are they wide open? I don't know. I could be getting some of the statistics wrong, but he's getting a ton of wide open looks and he's shooting the ball seven to 8% worse than he is on the exact same looks he was getting last year. Now, the question is, is that something that he will eventually sort of, you know, meet in the middle on or was last year uh, uh, just an extreme outlier season? Because that's going to dictate some things with the Mavericks. Uh, you know, Maxi Kleba continues to just scorch from beyond the arc. He played a really good game after looking bad on Monday. Um, that was really interesting to and see. He, I, and he kind of looked bad tonight, just like physically. Like, mm-hmm, man, mm-hmm. he looked like a ghost at times. Skinny. Yeah, I feel it, this was a game where I felt like, I don't mean bad like he was playing bad basketball. Right. I just mean like, he he looked like I look after you know I uh, after you know the day after a Christmas party or something just like, <laughs> like you know like just can't get out of bed like right. and it just kind of hits home that he was the one who got hit hardest by COVID and you watch him these last two games and I think it's that's pretty evident so the fact that he was able to be a plus nine and hit both of you know two out of four from three five rebounds three assists two blocks like. And the and Rick Carlisle, the madman, this guy in his second game back after basically sitting on his ass almost for two weeks uh, with COVID, he's running, he's going from three point line to the rim to the corner, just pl- doing traps. Like he was running all over the court. I would love to see the NBA tracks like how much a player runs, you know, by mileage. Mm-hmm. I would love to see how much he ran in this game tonight because Rick was basically saying, "Hey, man, like we." We need you, and you're our, you know, most versatile defender. And boy, he put him, <laughs> Rick put him to work. It was not an easy night for Maxi. So that was that was good to see him respond the way he did. And you know, just like looking at, at at kind of the box score and what's happening, it, you know, James Johnson played a single minute, picked up one foul, and was out of the game. Um, Burke was down to five minutes and mm-hmm. and didn't really do much of anything. I'm curious to know what the plan might be if it's simply just getting a win to kind of break the team out of the funk. Uh, because the minutes totals 
for the starters are like this is looking this is looking like a you know a step below the playoff series so yeah rick coached this like a game (laughs) rick coached tonight like a game seven it was crazy well they did they needed a win because they're there's an and you know i i jokingly talked about how i want one of our guys to write about how the mavericks need to watch ted lasso because they're just even all of us were joking about it. It, it. Just like there's something existential hanging out when the Mavericks are are this rough. I saw a stat after the last loss that the Mavericks have lost 12 straight games decided by a single point. Like that is nuts. And and it's something that's got to, you know, the, it's hard to prove statistically, but these sorts of things, like it happened to Dallas last year to a degree in the clutch time games, where at certain moments things would just build up and you would feel it, and then the you could see that the players felt it too. So you know, getting away from from this and and you know, notching a victory was nice, and it, it was so interesting watching the comparison between like Luca and Trey for once because Trey is an unbelievable passer, and the way that they play with him, where they have a rim running big in Collins, and then another really powerful rim running big and Capella gets him so many easy ones that Luca just isn't getting this year. And the only this game, it kind of started to happen at points where other people were diving and finishing on his, on passes where he would set them up. And, and the Mavericks just haven't done that this season. So. No, you're right. Uh, I mean, the Mavericks had what I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six players in double digits. Uh, which is really wild when you consider they basically played a seven-man rotation tonight uh-huh. uh, and six of them were in double figures. Uh, so you're right. You know, it just, it, it sounds silly, but I mean, it was just a matter of can guys make shots and they made just enough. Uh, they still didn't shoot as well as they they would like. I mean, good Lord. I think Kristaps, Luca, and Josh Richardson combined to shoot three of 17 or no, three of 18 <laughs> from three. And uh, normally that's not going to, like going to cut it. But like you said, like, you know, Hardaway made five of 10. They got just enough. Brunson was five of eight. He didn't shoot any threes, but he, he was very comfortable uh, near the free throw line. Uh, Maxi made three shots. Dorian made five shots, like just enough. Um, mm-hmm. to, that's just what they needed. Uh, and what's really weird is that, so I wasn't really looking at the stats while I was watching the game and now right. I'm looking at the box score. If you would have like, after the buzzer sounded, I was pretty much saying like, this was one of the better defensive games the Mavericks played all season. And now I'm looking at it and you know, the Hawks scored 160 points and they shot 50% from the field. And, uh, they had three players over 20 points with one of them at 35, a guy off the bench scored 19. I'm just kind of like, Wait, what? Uh, but I, I still believe that their defense was really locked in for the majority of this game. I think they kind of just lost a little bit of the, you know, they kind of let go a little bit of the rope there at the end of the fourth quarter. I think they just kind of relaxed maybe a bit too much after they had such a strong push. And I, I wonder if that skewed the numbers because I swear Collins had like three straight dunks and that'll definitely help the, the percentage a bit uh, for your offense. But for the first three quarters, like the first like 36 to 40 minutes, I mean, I think they played about as good a defensive game as they could against this type of team. I mean, Trey Young was doing nothing until that late flurry. Yeah. Uh, and I love that the Mavericks in the first, God, the first seven minutes of the game, they were guarding him with Josh Richardson. They were guarding him with uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, and then they were trapping him. And I mean, yep. he did not, he did not see the same defensive coverage, I think, twice until like, 
deeper into the second quarter, which is really impressive when you consider, you know, there's only five guys on the floor at the time. Uh, and there's not that many things you can do defensively, you know, on the court, you know, with the, the zone rules. So I was impressed with the strategy and also the execution. And I know Josh Richardson shot three of 11 from three, but man, it is cool when he is locked in guarding the ball. Uh, he brings a defensive element that this team has not had in a very long time. I do need to fulfill a bit of a bet. Um, former Mavs Moneyball contributor and Mavs uh, aficionado, Rye, uh, Rye, I'm going to butcher your last name. I hope it's Mikhail, uh on, on Twitter basically, you know, said I think KP is going to get 20 and 10 tonight. And he did. He finished with 24 and 11. Um, at one point, though, I remember complaining about this. He was 6 of 14 for 13 points. And it's kind of, like it's amazing what happens when a guy attacks and he did a lot of attacking. I just want to circle back on that because it 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 it, it just it he's he changes the dynamic of how they play when they play. And I am and I will continue to be frustrated about this because he doesn't do this often enough. I hope he brings the heat tomorrow because they play tomorrow. I don't know if he'll actually play, but, you know, considering how many minutes he played tonight. Now that I'm thinking about it, I bet he doesn't play at all. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's important. They, like he's their second best player, whether I like it or not. And they're not going to do anything about that, whether I like it or not. So all I can really do is hope that he plays better. And I'll be glad if he gives the Mavericks a game that's this efficient. He is not that efficient a player. I learned today that he has never finished uh, a single season in the NBA with an above average true shooting percentage. For a seven foot three guy, that's a little sketch. Uh, doesn't mean he can't figure it out, but we're just, you know, we have sample size. So at a certain point, I just need to see some consistency from him. That's what I really want more than anything. Yeah, and it felt like, uh, Kirk, would you agree? It felt like a lot uh, less of the Mavericks spending 15 seconds of the shot clock to get him a touch uh on the block or attack a switch you know run a pick and roll and then have him try to post up and create position the Mavericks spend eight seconds of the shot clock doing that give him the ball and then just kind of watch him do something it felt like uh for most of the night I mean he was catching and shooting without a lot of time to think or a lot of time to make a move. And especially in that flurry after the technical foul, I mean, he had the cut for the dunk. He had the pick and pop into the short mid range uh, wing and that he immediately caught and shot for a banker. Yep. Uh, it was a lot less him. I, I would probably say he dribbled a lot less tonight uh, than he has in the past, you know, previous six games. And he's just a tremendously different player. I mean, that's how he got cooking uh, in the second half of last season was, he was just more involved, but it was less involvement in terms of like, let's just get these guys, this guy's shots and more just like just touching the ball, screening more on the ball and also, you know, just moving around, being more active uh, without necessarily hogging the ball or having a high usage rate or anything like that. So I much, you know, this was much closer to the shot diet. I think he needs going forward and the way to get those shots. Like, I really don't think we need to see him with the ball for long stretches and dribbling and then shooting. I just don't think he's that comfortable of a player doing that. I think he's most effective when he's being set up and he's such a unique guy that you can set him up in so many different ways. Cause when you're a seven foot three guy who technically can shoot, uh, he hasn't shown that 
this season. But, you know, when defenses fear you like that, you can manipulate things and, and do a lot of different things. It kind of reminds me, uh, I hope I don't get killed for this, but it kind of reminds me of Anthony Davis in New Orleans versus Anthony Davis in LA. And I think obviously Davis significantly better player than Chris Stubbs has ever been in when Anthony Davis was in New Orleans like not trying to compare them that way but just the fact that like when he was in New Orleans he was kind of miscast as a number one option give him the ball clear out and let him go to work he was always at his best in New Orleans when he was kind of being fed the ball and causing havoc as an off-ball player catching and finishing Uh, and I think that's why he's been so successful in LA because he's basically playing off LeBron and then maybe for a few stretches, you know, they give him the ball, let him go to work, but he's much more effective as like a finisher than a starter. And I think yeah. that's Kristaps. Like he's just, he was put on this earth to get buckets and to feed, you know, you have to feed him the buckets, not necessarily have him create them out of thin air. So I like the, I like the method. I liked his, the way he attacked. Uh, I think he had what, like he had two or three drives uh, to the rim, um, which is not something we've seen him do in the previous couple of games. So yeah, I, I also agree with you. You know, he definitely woke up after that technical foul, but you know, take take whatever you can get at this point. Sure, sure. And and I wonder we probably don't have access to this type of data, but there's there is advanced data about like how long a guy holds the ball and what he's doing with it. And I just wonder if Porzingis, you know, Porzingis has to be much more efficient the the less time he holds the ball cuz I remember that bank shot as well. I remember a post up that I had almost I had like a, a rude tweet geared up, and then and then in the first half when he he kind of got a, a, just a quick face up swish. He's just he's good at these things when he when he does them, but the insistence on doing things that I think he feels like he should or will somehow like draw contact on fouls. I'm not you know it's it it is what it is. They just have to work some of these things out, and I just hope these losses don't come back to bite them in a way that that's really frustrating, but you know, it's, it's good to break through this and see where they are uh, in a couple. Cause they, they start their monstrous um, home game stretch. If I'm not mistaken, uh, let's see here. They play yeah, the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. They play the Warriors tomorrow and then they play the Warriors again. Um, they, they should, if they beat the Warriors twice, that would be, That'd be pretty big because the Warriors are a challenging team to play this season. Uh, they're really up and down. They're not unlike the Mavericks, but they're um, definitely uh, playing better basketball overall uh, throughout the season. Then they play the the Wolves, Hawks, and Pelicans, who are all struggling, and and they just kind of keep going. They they have a three game uh, three out of their last four before the the, the All Star break are on the road. But this is if the Mavericks are going to make it up. I think you said this on our last podcast. If the Mavericks are at 500 by the time they they go to All-Star break, that would be a pretty tremendous turnaround. Uh, they're right now just four games under 500. But that it's digging out of this hole is going to take some time. Yeah, and this is the time. Seven straight home games start tomorrow. So mm-hmm. uh, by the Ooh. end of those seven, by the end of those seven, you know, hopefully, you know, you look at it and you think four and three. Like to me, I'm looking like four and three minimum. And that might be shooting the moon too high, but they cannot, they cannot go three and four in these next seven games. Like they, this is where they can really find themselves uh, and play well. There's no, you know, they've got everyone back. Richardson and Dorian have played, you know, a handful of games now for about a week. So hopefully they are, they are gearing up and looking more like themselves. 
And Maxi, uh, same, has now had a couple of games under his belt. And now he's not going to have to travel for almost a month. And he can sleep in his own bed. And hopefully that helps everyone. Uh, and, like, this is it. This is the time. Uh, and we can start seeing what this team really is instead of just thinking about it theoretically when all these guys are, you know, missing games. Yeah. Well, I think that should wrap it up for us. Um, I may try <laughs> to have, you know, there's a couple of, of our uh, fans that, that work at different websites that have been wanting to come on and, and yell with me. I'm wondering if they still have that energy after this game. Uh, it's so tough to do anything other than these post-game podcasts because we're playing, we're watching the Mavericks play like four out of seven nights. <laughs> like yeah. it's, This is kind of where we're at. Um, that said, I just wanted to let everybody know we just had the biggest month we've ever had doing this podcast in terms of downloads. All of your feedback telling me that I suck, telling me that you like to hear me complain. Uh, you know, one guy had had a great comment about how you know, you know, Kirk makes me feel crazy, but Josh keeps it level. And and you know, we just have some really the 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 comments and the the reviews that you're giving, even if you know it's not a five star review. I very much appreciate that. If you can do that with ever uh, whenever you get your podcast, those sorts of things really help boost our rankings. And I'm pretty sure is is why we're getting more followers because this this generates us up the lists of you know things when people are like searching mavs podcast which i know nobody believes this for for those of us who are really online but that's how a lot of people find things on the internet just by searching keywords so uh josh you got anything before we go no other than what you just said is how i pay my real bills so yes that is that is a real thing it's Uh, it's very important (laughs) i know (laughs) i would be homeless if it weren't for people doing that Josh Bowe, search engine optimization strategist. I almost called you a strategist. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, this has been uh, Kirk and Josh with another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark, and we will talk to you tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs>